Happy Decaf Thursday. I think this might be my new, my first episode for my new house. Because last week I was in Anniston. So I'm in a new house. Um, it's beautiful. It's sunny. As you can tell, my natural light that I did not have in my old house. Um, feels good to be here, Mark. I'll have to have you and Kara and mostly Sloan over uh, for dinner one night because is that, is that your kind of you can kind of see your liquor cabinet be, or your liquor cart behind you <laughs> we fully endorse the <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> here at Beacon I have my Peloton on one side of the room and my bar cart on the other so this is like this is the unhealthy choice is the healthy choice you kind of every night you have to decide it's where my priorities are <laughs> the bar cart and the Peloton um that's yeah that's a good time but I'll have you guys over and there's a big fenced-in backyard for Sloan to run around in and chase squirrels she can chase all the squirrels <laughs> in my yard because there are so many of them so this is funny she like chases birds too she's really into chasing birds but this one bird which is like so sad but like I think its wing was broken so like Sloan started chasing it and it was kind of walking away. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I can actually catch one of these. And like, just had no idea what to do. What she, like, she didn't, she, she didn't do anything, but she's like, I think she just always expecting to fly away. And she's like, oh, this is weird. Like it's, it's only, I, I can be faster than this bird and I can catch it. But yes. And then it kind of like half flew away with one broken wing. So it was sad, but. It's Sloan like men like, and like, dating. It's like men and dating. They're all about the chase and then they get it and they're like, so now what? <laughs> yeah and that's Sloan's first time ever catching it's like the first time that any like that actually happens for a guy but yeah it was it was just funny because she loved you know she loves squirrels and she loves chasing birds for some reason <laughs> she is the funniest little dog I've ever seen I actually saw a video on Instagram today with a little dog that looked just like her and it was one of these singer songwriters who was trying to show off her singing abilities on Instagram and she started playing the song and the dog just started howling like the dog was singing and I was like yeah it's the doggy's time to shine yeah, maybe she's not very good, which is why she's howling. She can't hear. Maybe, her yeah, song. the dog is like, I'm going to cover up this yeah, yeah. song that's about to be an absolute train wreck. <laughs> um, so big, big news, um, big news, breaking news. Congress is trying to do something that's half thought out. Who would have thought of that? Um, typically, a lot of the things that we see coming from federal government are political theater, which we will talk about here shortly. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we are uh, seeing right now is, and not right now, it's been going on for the last few years, but Congress has had the bright idea of punishing big companies for censoring conservatives. And I'm just going to say this. This is, this is my take, and Mark, I'm interested in your take. We suffered because of the censoring on Facebook of political ads, getting flagged, getting our posts flagged, having the warnings on them because it's something that big tech and the far left doesn't agree with. However, I think that market forces are more powerful than the federal government. And I think that Congress should say what they wanna say, issue statements, say this is wrong, do whatever they want to do, but regulation is never the answer. Regulation only hurts people. It's often not intended to hurt. We talk about it with occupational licensing. People will, they will regulate the crap out of something and it hurts people that it, they never thought about that it would hurt. We're seeing it now with tech. And I just think we're walking down a really dangerous path of if you are a true conservative or libertarian, center right, whatever right leaning, your principle should be to get the government out of things and let people do what they want to do instead of saying, well, we don't like this, so we're going to put a law around it. We're going to fence it in, fence it off, barbed wire it, booby trap it. Instead, just leave it alone and let the market do what the market does. I mean, after all the censoring happened, we've seen other options come forward. Now, none of them have been as big, Gab, 
parlor, whatever. None of them me, we, that was, although I saw whatever Trump's new platform has like a million people waiting to even sign on. Yes. Well, I actually got on the wait list just to see what it was about. And I'm still not on. It's been like a month and a half since I got on the wait list. Um, people want to see what it's about. Other options will come onto the market. And so if you're a conservative or a libertarian or even identify as remotely center right, your your platform should be let the market do what the market does. And so I just think we participated in a, a net choice day of action where we tweeted, if you check out our Twitter, you'll see we did a blog post about how America should not be stifling innovation. It's one of the greatest things that America can do is innovate and promote new platforms and new technologies to deal with the existing problems. And I just think that Congress should get the message loud and clear that this is not what America wants. We don't want to be censored, but we also don't want to be regulated. Yeah, I mean, I think that we also need to separate. I think people have a hard time separating. I don't like this to mean that the government should regulate this. There's yeah. a lot of things we don't like. And I will say, you know, when you talk about social media and things like that, where, you know, people on the right are talking about free speech and things like that, it's like, you're essentially doing, you know, what the far left does. You're saying, I don't like this, so we need to regulate this. You know, I don't like this much, you know, <laughs> this much money for gas. I don't like that these people are so much poorer than these, these people. It's like, and the whole point is like, they want to regulate things into being how they want it. And that almost never is the case. And as Ron has explained to me, it's like, Regulation actually make it harder for conservatives to have a voice. And I think that when, when we talk about, you know, people keep talking about how Twitter's monopoly. Well, it's not a monopoly if Elon Musk has bought into it and is now the, the main shareholder of that. It's like- if, At if 9%. That, yeah, you don't really understand what a monopoly is. And that's how you change things, right? This is somebody who's at minimum center-right, but clearly is a free speech advocate, believes that everyone's opinion should be heard. And it, like Twitter is now different. And all these, I, I will say like a lot of the conservatives who have these issues with, you know, Twitter, Facebook censoring people, the fake news, all that stuff and everything they did with COVID. It's like, I agree with you. Like, I think you're right. So I'm not trying to say you're wrong, but I don't think that is the way to deal with it. And I think yes. it, it goes against the very principles we're supposed to believe in to say that we have the government censoring or putting all these extra regulation on a private company. That's just my opinion. But Ron did a great blog post and I'm glad this is getting some attention because I think that, you know, it's important that people on the right or people who are free market advocates are consistent. Because if you say one thing, then do another, the other side's going to paint you as, you know, as inconsistent, which, which you are. So I think it's important that we're consistent, even if we don't like the thing that we're defending. That's the whole point of free speech, right? Yeah, you I totally to agree. And I actually had a friend who was kind of being a little tongue in cheek, but also maybe he wasn't. And he said that Elon Musk should get the controlling stock of Twitter and shut it down. <laughs> just like get it out of there it's kind of a cesspool yeah. just like get rid of it completely um which I wouldn't hate and I know Justin wouldn't hate that but if we're I mean at, at that point though if you really think about it practically if we're at the point where we're regulating what people are and aren't allowed to say outside of like hate crimes and gross things like that if we're if we're at the point where we're regulating what people can and cannot say then what's the point of even having an online platform if people are limited in their expression what's the point? I don't yep. get it. So yeah, I think that uh, definitely check out our blog about innovation and about uh, this whole idea of regulating and, and stifling that kind of putting a, a wet blanket over the fires of innovation that we have going on in America, because it's a dangerous, it's a slippery slope. You know, I, I read when I was much younger, the road road, the book road to serfdom by Hayek, who was a economist. And he talked about how every big bad thing that comes with central planning always starts with one little spark. 
And so if you can convince people that they're in danger and the government can convince people that they're in danger and they're here to help, that ultimately that control will get out of control and it won't be long before we're just at the mercy of the government. So if you've never read Road to Serfdom, read it. You will have nightmares, I'm afraid, at this day and time, but it's definitely a good lesson that I think all of us Americans should learn and remember when things like this start to happen. And we could also, you know, criticize people that, you know, we agree on other stuff, but just like, just because something has a good intention doesn't mean it's good policy. I think maybe you disagree. I think a lot of some of the left's crazier policies that are horrible, Medicare, Medicare for all, Green New Deal. I don't think that, I think those generally have good intentions. They're just bad policy. So we can't just say, oh yeah, I don't like that they're like censoring conservatives. This guy's got a good intention to say he wants free speech. That might be true, but it doesn't mean that it's actually good policy. The long-term implications are bad. Even um, short-term implications are bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of long-term implications, I don't know, Mark, you're not as much of a legal nerd as I am, but when I started, when I decided not to go to law school and but still started pursuing like studying law on my own, I came across, and, and everyone who was born before the 80s remembers this, when uh, Judge Bork, or I guess, I don't even know if he was actually a judge, but his last name was Bork, <laughs> was put up for, a, for the Supreme Court, and he was shot down because he was too conservative. And now they call it getting borked when you are shut down and not confirmed because you're too conservative. And I think that that was going back to what we were saying earlier about political theater, the first act of political theater that ultimately led to the demise of Supreme Court hearings. I used to watch every Supreme Court confirmation hearing. I lived for it. I made memes when Gorsuch was being confirmed. I used to watch them start to finish sponging in every single bit of it and I just couldn't watch it this time even the coverage on Instagram couldn't watch it the stuff I saw on Twitter couldn't stomach it all it is if we take our justice system seriously we should be taking seriously the task of our senators to appropriately vet who is being put on the Supreme Court and I notice I say appropriately not whether you like them or not it's a qualification hearing and it has just become a disastrous mess of political theater. And it makes me sick to my stomach. It just makes me want to cry for our system. Well, the whole point of this now, which I mean, is, is sad, but it's it's to score, you know, political points so that you can get your commercial. You can see people saying, oh, look, I stood up for this. And I mean, it. Um, I, I don't want to say it started there. I mean, I think the Kavanaugh one was really, really hard to watch. And I think that, um, you yes. know. I think the Republicans have kind of gone the other way where they were like, oh God, you treated Kavanaugh so awful and did all these awful things, which was true. And now I, I guess not to the same extent, but they're treating, you know, justice, well, I guess probably soon, soon to, to be, be justice Brown. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a similar way. And it, and it really has just become theater. And it's funny because if you look back and you probably know this, but if you look back at Supreme Court nominees, especially going back to like basically Clinton and before, it's like 98-2. You basically always voted for them. The whole point was like, look, they're in power. They get their justice. That's kind of how it, I mean, how it's been, probably how it should be. It's like, look, they have these, now granted, if you're talking about expanding the court, I don't agree with that, but it's like, they're in charge. They have this justice, you know, and they have the votes. Like just, you should ask good questions. It's interesting to know. And if there's something that makes them truly unqualified from a legal sense, then you can vote against them. And, but I just think it's come, it's become so politicized. Like even looking back, I'm just looking here. It's like, um, 
You know, it's like these are, and then, and then kind of, it seems like, of course, you talked about uh, Clarence Thomas was before, and that was very close, but like once you got to Alito, it started getting closer. And then, really, from Gorsuch on, and it's going to be this one too, it's basically all about, oh, I don't agree with the party that nominated them. And, you know, one or two of these things I consider to be either outside the mainstream liberal or conservative. So I'm not going to do it. It's just, yeah, I agree. It's like, I, I think strategically the Republicans would be smart to just give her a hundred to nothing vote. I think that would be the smartest thing they could do and say, you know what, we don't, we're not, we're not going to play politics with this. Her, her credentials are qualified. We might not agree with all the rulings, but you're in charge. You won the elections. Yes. Well, you remember years ago when Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high yeah. and all the Republicans mocked her relentlessly for it because it's true. They don't, the Democrats typically don't do that. The Republicans yeah. mocked her for it. And now, if you're going to mock someone for saying that, then you should. You should golden rule it. Treat people the way that you want to be treated. And if the Republicans want to reset everything and get back to how it should be, if this is a confirmation hearing based on legal capabilities, they should be saying, we're going we're gonna to reset this from our end. We might not agree with her perspectives. We can absolutely go through the list, the whole laundry list of everything we disagree with in a confirmation hearing. But at the end of the day, if she's legally qualified, confirm her like that. It, it's just not, it's not correcting the system the way that they think, I think that they think they want to correct it. Yeah. Both parties have really just been, I think the Supreme Court, both parties have been so inconsistent with everything, yes. whether it's, you know, the, even just the, you know, bringing forward Supreme Court justices like Merrick Garland and then, you know, Republicans like, and then both sides were on the opposite side when it, when it was them in charge. It just is like this whole idea of like, they flip, they flop, whatever they want. It's all about politics. I think both parties, I, I truly don't think it's a party. I think that the, the Kavanaugh attacks were especially horrible and harsh because you're really trying to ruin this man's life, life. over completely unsubstantiated rumors, which are a little different than kind of pulling apart. Oh, like even, even what they did with Amy Comey Barrett, not as bad because you're really trying to destroy this man's life. Mm -hmm. But, um, and that one will still go down as the worst one, I think in history from like these unsubstantiated rumors um, from like 50 years ago. And it just, that was really tough, but I do think both parties have, you know, almost equal, you know, fault for what's going on right now. And I think we should go get back, get back to the normal, structure of saying if you're in charge if you have the house senate whatever presidency you get your nominee we're not going to add to the court and i think that's ridiculous too i think that you know i think in some ways the republicans are like well if they're going to add to the court anyway why not just fight fight them if they want to do that so i get that too but like just go it, and i think both parties it should be unless there is something substantial legally or otherwise substantial that makes them unqualified that's, but yes I'd say if you don't, if you don't get at least one or two no votes from your own party, then it's probably not substantial enough. That's my opinion. Yes. No, I totally agree. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. If, if they want to correct it, don't, don't do exactly what they did the last time. They being whoever's in power right now, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat, everybody's repeating the same cycle that you criticized last time, like lay off, do your job. If you want to have a soundbite for TikTok or whatever you're doing, get your soundbite, but at the end of the day, do your job and confirm a justice if the justice is qualified. 
I think you think politicians are way like younger than they are. They're not doing it for TikTok. They're doing it for like TV commercials, (laughs) TV commercials and and online ads. You're not on TikTok, but I am. I I see all of these politicians that put out the stuff that they've said in a hearing and they say, we can't let this justice be confirmed. And it's, I mean, it's their campaign, but that's what they're, that's what they're doing. And so I'd say say Democrats are much more likely to have that than Republicans, if I'm being honest. That's very true. Um, speaking of media and fun things to watch, fun, that's fun to watch. This is fun to watch. It is the most exciting week in sports for me. I know your most exciting week in sports is March Madness. Don't ooh me. I didn't ooh March Madness. It's just everyone loves March Madness. Nobody's like, oh, you know what? The Masters in the first weekend of baseball is the best week. You can say it's a good week. This is like the maybe 30th best week in sports. (laughs) It's my favorite week in sports. Me personally, it's my favorite week in sports. It's the Masters. It's baseball opening day. Max Fried is pitching for the Braves today against the Reds. The defending World Series champions are about to come out. I've been following their spring training games. We've been winning them. This is going to be a good year. I'm so pumped. I'm also pumped because I started a Masters Fantasy League again this year. And last year, I accidentally, on purpose, placed a lot of bets on Justin Thomas. My boy let me down. But this year is the year. I did not put my money on it this year just in case, but my Masters Fantasy League is named Get JT the Green, and that's what I'm hoping for. I chose in the Masters Fantasy League, which if you've never done this before, get on the Masters app or on the website. Everybody has never done this before. Shut up. (laughs) I mean, this is not like a famous thing. It's not like fantasy football. It's like, it's just a random game they just like made up two years ago on the Masters app. (laughs) Okay, well, I like it, and I have a fantasy league, and you pick a first-timer in the Masters, a past winner, and a American player and an international player. I got Harry Higgs. I've got Justin Thomas. I got Adam Scott. I got Tommy Fleetwood. And then the tiebreaker is the number of birdies. I think I put 1,112 birdies from the whole field during the tournament as my tiebreaker. I'm so excited. I love the Masters. I just got my TV in my new house. And for the rest of the day today, I will be playing the Masters in the background of all of my activities. I hope you don't have to be in the tiebreaker because you will not win. That's like 300 more than last year. That's insane. You never there's, know. No, you, you do. Know. It's actually, it's supposed to be harder this year. Like there's gonna be less birdie. There's not, I think 944 last year. Yeah. But the year before that, there was like, like, it was like 1,020. It's like always in the thousands. But they, they, they changed the course over time. And this year's supposed to be like, if you look at the average score, it's supposed to be higher than it was last year, as you can see so far today. I just want all my boys to play well, and I hope that they get a crap load of birdies. That's all I'm saying. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I think it's fine. I understand. I mean, I'm not a golf fan, really. I mean, I, I pick some stuff on that. I mean, I think I think opening day in baseball is cool. But, I mean, this is, like, to say, it, it, there's just so many great week like weeks of sports. Like Can't the Super Bowl, March Madness, um, the college football playoff. Like, there's so many. <laughs> this is, like, yeah, this is way back. It's fine. I think the Masters is a big tournament. I think the, you know, the big cool storyline is that Tiger Woods is coming back after his accident, which is the first time he's playing. And that's kind of gotten, unfortunately, all the press. It kind of, it kind of sucks for the guys who are playing. It's like, all you seem to hear about is like Tiger Woods and Bryson DeChambeau. And these guys who actually are not even like at the top of their game right now. You but know, it I should can't be stand Tiger. Yeah. And, and I mean, there, there's a lot to that whole story too that we don't know but either way it's like he, he's gotten off to a pretty good start today because it looked like he I mean he's at he's even through six right now so I mean he's playing better than I think expected based on he hasn't played in what I think he got a bad accident what two years ago 
it, it's been a couple of years now, but he did say, I did watch his press conference and he's always said he doesn't enter a tournament unless he thinks he can win. And they said, do you think you can win? And he just said, yes. So <laughs> please look at the past statement. <laughs> yes. Please see above. Yes. I can win. I entered this tournament. Yeah. I mean, I don't like tiger, you know, that I have like moral qualms with him, but I do think it's nice to see someone able to recover from a horrific accident and make a comeback and come back to the game that they love. It's getting a lot of attention on the masters. Um, yesterday was the par three contest where all their families come out, which was really fun to watch. I do think it's, you know, say what you want about golf. I know you think golf is boring. That was Mark's username in my fantasy league is that golf is boring, but I really do enjoy um, the masters because it really, it, it's a tradition like no other. They have a champion's dinner where they honor the past champion last year, Hideki Matsuyama won. And the whole menu at the champion's dinner was Japanese inspired. They wear their green jackets. They bring their families out for the par three contest and they dress their wives or girlfriends and children in the white masters caddy jumpers. I mean, or wives and girlfriends. It depends on who the person is. <laughs> this is why we don't like tiger, <laughs> but they come out and they, it's, it really is just kind of all for show the first few days. And it's what the fans want. I mean, the fans, you enter the lottery for practice round tickets because it is fun to watch and you get your hat signed and you collect the green plastic cups because the cups are green. So if they drop them on the grass, it doesn't look like litter and the sandwich wrappers are green. So if they drop them on the grass, it doesn't look like litter. It really is such a beautiful tradition at the masters and I love it and I'm here for it. So I, I can't wait to turn it on here in a few minutes when we hang up. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm okay with it. So I think, I think that when you talk about the tradition thing, that is kind of, I mean, that's kind of cool. I think it's just hard to watch four days straight. One thing I do love though, that we need more is sports during the day. Yes. What better thing to have on? Like when you're like, Oh, I'm working, just put it on in the background. My TV's broken. So I can't, but oh. it's like, and that's why like you love like the conference tournaments and basketball when you have baseball day games, just cool to have something in the background. So, I mean, I like that at least the golf is like during the day, which is cool. Yeah. I love a Friday day baseball game that I can just turn on the Braves while I'm working and keep it on all day. I'm excited. The Braves have gold accents on their uniforms this year because they're the World Series champs. I mean, I am I am so excited. I actually gave my brother-in-law a vintage Braves jersey, a Dale Murphy jersey for Christmas this year and told him to wear it on opening day. He better be wearing it today or else. But I got to check in on that. But uh, it's it's just exciting. I know that this isn't everyone's Super Bowl, but this is my Super Bowl. And I, I get really excited. And fun predictions. I actually think the Braves do not even win the NL East this year. I think the Phillies are the best team in the NL East with all those all those pickups they made in the offseason. I hate the Phillies. I've always well, they, they, they got some real power. They got Nick Castellanos and they got uh, Kyle Schwarber. So they have some real power in the middle of their lineup. You know, they were pretty good last year. I think the Braves still make the playoffs and they might go farther. But I think that the Phillies are actually the better regular season team this year. You said this last year. You were like, the Braves are bad. The Braves aren't going to do anything. Everyone said it. Well, first of all, I bet on them halfway through the season to win it all when they got those pickups. And you didn't even know who those guys were. Pickups. So they were pretty bad until they got those guys. And then I liked them. So I was right on both accounts. All I'm saying is anything can happen. It can happen. I mean, I mean, you guys are still favored to win it. I, I'm going with the upset. And I think that the Phillies probably have a more complete team right now. But again, if you have Acuna back and fully healthy, which should be happening in the next few weeks, that might change things. But I, I sometimes off, to, off a big injury, they're not the same player. So it'll be interesting to see what he looks like. That's true. I hope he is. I mean, Me the morale, the, the morale that he's building as he's coming back is huge for the fan base. And 
I'm having a great time watching it. I'm really enjoying it. Um, speaking of the Braves, the golden era of the Braves, the Bobby Cox years, um, back in the in the '90s, the last time we won a World Series, it it's like like are the '90s back? I mean, the Braves are good. Will Smith is popular. Like, are the '90s back? They're reviving all these shows. I saw they're doing a new revival of 90210, or they're supposed to. That was a celebrity blind item. I have no idea if that's confirmed. But if the '90s are back. I have some opinions about who should come back with them. First and foremost being James Vanderbeek Dawson. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I know he was, he did a little, he did a small storyline on One Tree Hill and I'm rewatching One Tree Hill for I remember the hundredth time. And I just saw him and I started looking into him and he, I've talked about it a lot on this show, but we love a man who loves his family and he loves his family. He loves his wife and his kids and he and his wife had struggled with fertility issues and he has been like in there cheering for her the whole time. And man, I love a man who loves his family. So if the nineties are coming back, we want James. <laughs> Please watch the movie, the goods. It's one of the funniest movies ever. It's okay. like, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's got champ in it. It's like, it's a lot of people, but there's a whole kind of uh byline including James Vanderbeek he's not in it but they keep talking about him and you would think it's hilarious but it's got like Rob Riggle it is actually arguably the most underrated funny movie okay. that I think I like, probably in the world it is so good but they will hold James Vanderbeek like skit there that you'll think is funny I, I want him back I just wrote it down on my pink post-it note so I will yeah. watch it you'll laugh I promise and yeah I want I feel like I, I want some like the if we're the 90s is like I want the late 90s music which okay so I think you know I don't like Machine Gun Kelly you don't no I do not but he, I listened to the song he has and it like reminded me of this late I guess it's a new song this, about have the, you listened to his new CD or anything no but he has that new song that reminds me of punk rock princess from something um oh what was Andrew McMahon's first band something corporate and it was like well, it I might be the same one it's called maybe it's called girl. maybe it's called maybe oh different featuring song. bring me back to the horizon well whatever bring me the horizon or whatever I never even heard of them but the point is that yeah yeah and like and that just reminded me of that and I, like I, I want to bring back like I really want to bring back not quite the punk version but like oh. I, I saw fastballs going on tour with Everclear so I'm excited for that like Bare Naked Ladies um Bare Naked I, Ladies one week is my karaoke song there you go I want Tal Bachman back I, I, I want these good late late 90s kind of bands and he's like that that is I actually feel like they always say that things come around, right? Like all these things that are like popular become lame and they become popular again. It feels like it's time for that like 90s type music, even some of that like kind of catchy something corporate type punk rock. Like, and I think the machine gun, but like, I feel like it's about time. I think it could be popular again. I'm going to say something that you're going to hate. I feel like this is just my podcast where I'm just like making you furious. Blink-182 never left. They're still as awesome as they ever were. Well, so Travis and, Barker actually plays drums now for Machine Gun Kelly on a CD. Yeah, they're like best friends. Yeah, so that means that they are not a, really a band anymore if he's playing with somebody else. They, <laughs> so they, did, they did leave. They never Also, left. the fact that they're best friends makes me disgusted for both of them, but whatever. I know, but they're besties. They love each other. Um, Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian, congratulations on your Vegas wedding. But I do agree with you. I prefer 90s music. I actually have a playlist on my Spotify called 90s Feels, and it's current songs that feel like they should have been popular in the 90s. That's and funny. I love it. I try to listen to like some of like the popular music now. And like, I know I sound old, but I don't like it, any of it. Like, yeah. except for, you know, it's actually super good. Is Justin Bieber is the only song. Like, these are good. I know. Like you listen to them and like, and the thing is, I have to not know who sings. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good who sings. It's like Justin Bieber's like, Ugh. and it's like most of the ones that I like are him. 
Well, every time I'm listening through New Music Friday on Spotify, which I do every Friday morning, there's this quality with Gen Z female artists where it sounds like they have a piece of paper for a tongue. And you probably have never picked up on it, but now when you listen to these female Gen Z artists, the way they sing, there's something about the way that their inflection is that sounds like they quite literally have a piece of paper for a tongue. And so now when you listen to it, you're going to notice it. You're not going to be able to get it out of your head and you're going to know that this girl's got a paper tongue. Yeah, I, try, I honestly try not to listen to it. And I, 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 feel like people, I feel like everyone says that they kind of hate today's music. It's like, well, then let's let the market work and let's bring back good 90s. It doesn't have to be the 90s bands, but stuff that sounds more like that. I know. I listened through New Music Friday one time. I flagged the songs that I like for my seasonal playlist and then I'm out. I can't. I, and I barely get past the seasonal seconds. playlist. Yeah, I have playlists for like winter, spring, summer and fall for every season of the music that I like in that season. It's the only way to stay organized. <laughs> it's the only way I can stay organized. But yeah, I think that Gen Z music, aside from some of the 90s era throwbacks, is all crap. Also, aside from Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber. Um, but we gotta we gotta get that out of here and bring back the good stuff. Like, like Hanson and like remember BB Mac? I love BB Mac. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't remember anybody dancing like that to it, but I do. You didn't know me. <laughs> BB Mac was, I mean, we can go into this. They, they're the most underrated boy band. They were super good. And they were like, everyone, everyone thinks about back here. They had so many other good songs, like still on your side. Like they had a lot of good songs. Remember and, Savage Garden? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I still, every time I go, every time I go to a jukebox, I play at least two Savage Garden songs. Yeah, because it's straight up fire. It's yeah. so good. I, I want to, I, I always just love every time you hear like like a sip of cherry cola. It's like my favorite. I just love saying that part. I remember LFO. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the lead singer died of that. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, and we can hate on Will Smith all we want because he really did behave yeah, like a child. But getting jiggy with it is the bop of our generation. And I will not accept any other responses. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually like, I, I mean, I did like all that stuff. I, I like this whole like Y2K um, or I guess it's Willennium album, but like the, the Y2K song, like I thought that was, and that was like right when 2001, I thought that I really liked it. But we should we should do something like I feel like every we should have some new segment once a month where we like bring back a band that we haven't heard of and like make people listen to their songs or like okay. attach their songs to our thing. Well, this this week is BB Mac. If you yeah. were not a BB <laughs> Mac fan, BBMAK. If you were not a BB Mac fan, you should be today. And the thing is, you might not know who they are by their name, but if you listen to Back Here, you absolutely know that song. Everyone knew Back Here. Everyone. Yeah. I, I feel like they've, they've kind of a fastball-esque quality yes. in the way that like people don't necessarily know who they are. Like, oh, I know these three songs, though. It's like you just don't necessarily connect it to the band. Yes, I actually recently subscribed to Sirius XM in my car, and 90s on 9 and Pop 2K are my most played station, and Alt Nation. 90s on 9 is so good. 90s on 9 is fire 24 hours a day it's so good there's no annoying female announcer like there is on alt nation that just talks to hear herself talk it just <laughs> is straight fire 24 7 hook that up people you're gonna you, you won't be sorry um wow great podcast today despite me getting absolutely trashed for my opinions on sports no, but not, no not your opinion on sports your opinion on what sports matter the most not um, all, like i don't criticize your team but that's showbiz baby Yes, that is. But you are wrong. This is not the best weekend in sports. So if people hear that, they might think something cool is coming up. It's not that cool. So please keep Don't your expectations low. Don't listen to Mark. If you want to talk <laughs> about golf, send me a direct message on Facebook and I will talk <laughs> about golf 
all day long to both blue in the face. Um, we'll post Ron's blog post in the comments in case you haven't had a chance to read it because it really is some of his best work. And uh, thanks for listening, fam. We'll see you next week.